Blog Talk Radio.
Power Show, and this is Dr. Robert X Form, and we have Dr. Robert with us live. How are you doing, Dr. Robert X? Let me take you out of place. <laughs> Somewhere New York way, where the people are so gay, twisting the night away. You took me back that time, Sister Bell. Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Hotel. Yeah, you're taking me way back, man. That was right on time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Civil rights movement. Yeah. I mean, that was like our national anthem, really. Right. Um, a lot of inspiration around that song and... Uh, Just Sam Cook talking about his death. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right, Bev. I know you've been uh, 
quite introspective well, I, you in 24 hours. What's going on? Uh, well, you know, I don't never look at home. Um, I'm always looking other places. So uh, I don't really know. The only thing, uh, I, I've just heard the, the vice president and Whoopi Goldberg and all of them talking about if Trump get back in, it's going to be, well, Whoopi, Whoopi says it's going to be over with for the gay people, the gay community. And the vice talking about if he get back in, this country is, is over. We we need to be scared. And are they just really pumping up the propaganda? And I see okay. that in California got uh, Asian police chiefs uh, the interim police chief is Asian. Ain't that interesting? It's, You're it's right. really all of a sudden over the last few years, you got these Asians everywhere, and they yeah. speak better. They speak better English than the white people. They have no hint yeah. of an accent. Yeah, that should concern people. Mm-hmm. Just come from all of a sudden. Yeah, they you seeing and then a lot of them is the ones coming over the border here too. That is correct. They are these supposedly the largest group over the last I think uh I don't know how long it's been, but it's more it's thirty thousand of them have been arrested. Mm. Thirty thousand. Let me tell you something. It's like I said before, Bear. Ain't mm-hmm. no thirty thousand Chinese escaping China. No. Well, when they're coming over here, when you look at them, they got new new shoes on, new clothes on. They're getting off of buses. This is all organized. Of course it is. Well, everybody knows that, okay? Mm-hmm. whole Chinese thing, that's a whole nother discussion because ain't nobody mm. getting out that they don't want out of there. Right. I mean, you know, for for how long? Uh, where's the Chinese people escaping persecution in China? And really, you'd be hard-pressed to go anywhere on this planet and find a more persecuted people than the Chinese people because their movements have been severely limited. Yeah. You ain't leaving up out of there talking about you going on vacation to Jamaica? No, it don't <laughs> work like that. Okay, so most of them people coming up out of China work for the Chinese Communist Party, CPP. Yeah. And they here for a reason. So that's why they arrested thousands of them. But, Bev, um, there were some other things. Some of the things that happened uh, behind what's been going on in the House and the Senate has just been absolutely Mm -hmm. private. Oh, and by the way, family, Hopefully this tonight will be the last installment of our uh, series uh, entitled 2024, which adds up to the number eight. And that's what this year will represent. But on a metaphysical level, uh, we deal with the metaphysical finality of the black feminine infinity. Okay. So this will be our last installment on that. Hopefully we can finish up tonight with the more esoteric part of this whole discussion, which is where we was leading to from yesterday. 
and that's dealing with the tarot, um, indirectly dealing with the tarot. Actually, we're dealing with the number eight or the limnescape, which is the symbol used to identify the infinity symbol, which is directly related to the tarot. And it's interesting that we're doing this at this point in time, Bear, because Orange Man has always been looked upon as the fool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the very first card, the zero card. But yeah. he operates at the beginning and at the end. Okay? The alpha and the omega or the Aleph and the Tav in Hebrew. Okay, the beginning and the end. So I find the connections uh, with him, metaphysically speaking, and this subject matter to be absolutely uh, profound, Sister Bear. Mm-hmm. The other part of that profundity, I love that word, mm-hmm. is that no matter how far we uh, seem to move ourselves away from historical connection from an uh, from an African or ancient comedic scientific perspective is never far away, even with the symbology, or especially with the symbology. They may call it something else today, but that's not necessarily what it was called back in the day. So um, we're going to close this up tonight with a bang. Okay. We got to send a shout-out or a dedication. This one is for for Brother Dwight. Okay. Uh, Happy anniversary, my brother. Uh, Let's let's. Uh, see if we can wrap up your your birthday, your born day, uh, with a really, really, really good form tonight. My shame. Much better, much better than last night. Right? I need, I couldn't even keep up track of the time last night. So, <laughs> Bear, uh, mm-hmm. try to uh, show people that the the dynamics the spiritual dynamics are changing, particularly in the hood. And that's why you see people like Sexy Red and others, including now 50, 50 Cent, Snoop mm-hmm. Dogg, uh, Flocka Waka, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, this, it's a whole nother ball game for me with these names. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole dynamic is changing, and it's all through the hood. So much so that Orange Man is talking about giving campaign rallies in New York and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Something is changing dramatically. Mm-hmm. Early it's today, the awakening. I, yes. Um, and it portends that these women 
these so-called black feminists need to reassess the position that they're in. Because if they don't, they're going down with the so-called ship. Well, they already know it. This is what they're talking about. This is what they're saying. If he get in, it's over with for them. Yeah, but I ain't hearing the black women say that. That's what Whoopi said today? Yeah, yeah, I heard Whoopi. I I saw that when I was surfing the net. That's what she said. Yeah, well, again, uh, maybe she hasn't foregone her entire uh, spiritual consciousness. But and I don't I think it's Kamala. Kamala said it was uh, Whoopi said the gay, and Kamala is just saying the whole Democratic Party, the whole country going to hell if if Trump get in. They what, they what, putting that fear. They they using the fear factor now. Yeah, well, as we said last night, that's what they use. Mm-hmm. They don't have any need for you to but focus they on. It. They say they're telling people you need to be afraid, you need to fear. They they saying it. They use literally using the word fear. The word fear, yeah. Amazing, that is amazing. Well, uh, they don't have anything else because if That's you look at what has done, he's basically got the whole world damn near in turmoil on the edge of nuclear war, mm-hmm. but for. They don't see a problem with that. They don't see a problem with uh, trannies putting their asses in our faces. They don't have no problem with that. They don't have no problem with pedophiles uh, chasing after uh, children. They don't seem to have a problem with that. Who are you talking about? The, the, The people in charge? I'm talking about the people that you're talking about. Because they, they are, this is what they do. They, This is them. I mean, they pushing their agenda. That is the point. That's why we call it the degenerate party. Mm-hmm. They don't have a problem with degeneracy. They have mm-hmm. a problem with people who give the appearance of decency. Right. So anything that's decent, they frown upon. But if you the nastiest, filthiest, low down is gangsterous buzzard on the planet, they love that. Because that's what they are. Exactly. And that's what they've pushed on a consistent basis with trannies all over the damn place in the Biden administration. Trannies, lesbians, and homosexuals, Straight, decent people need not apply. They got no problem with mutilating children with some fake uh, gender designation. Seventy-something different genders and, and counting. So they don't have a problem with any of that. They got a problem with this one dude. One dude. <laughs> with on ten running for president. In the meantime, Tucker Carlson is getting ready to do an interview, if he hasn't already done it, with Putin in Russia. And man, they losing their minds. 
I think he already did it. Somebody already did an interview with Putin. I didn't look at it, though. Uh, I think he's going to release it tomorrow. Oh, they're talking okay. to him as a criminal. You hear me? Banning him from being able to go anywhere in Europe. For basically oh. doing nothing but sitting down and, and allowing this dude to put his piece out. Now, these same people was in caves talking to Osama bin Laden. These same people oh. was uh, had no problem going to sit down and talk with Saddam Hussein. No problem. You can go right to 60 Minutes and pull up the footage. No problem. But for some strange reason, you can't talk to Putin. Because he right? the damn, they damn put the part of their fears making him the boogeyman. And it's because he don't fear them. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has the wherewithal to fight back. So anybody that doesn't bend over for them, and that includes us, because we are treated in the same way. Mm-hmm. Anybody that don't bend over for them and push their agenda is Hitler. Well, that's so we why can... people are waking up. Yeah, that's and there's I'm so many... when I mm-hmm. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying that's what I was talking about when I say when people backs up against the wall. That's what the American people are. They seeing them now. This is how they waking it up because we've been living comfortable. Yep. Wholeheartedly agree. But man, this thing is backfiring big time. It's it's rare that I can't go on a daily basis now and uh, find a feed where I see people uh, from the media, not the mainstream media, but the alternative media, mm-hmm. media outlets that I've never, you know, I'm not aware of them. Mm-hmm. they all over the black community talking to black people in the hood. Yeah. And man, the stuff, <laughs> that black people are somehow is why. funny. <laughs> what you, you say, hello? Babe? No, I say you... some of the comments are funny when they go and they ask the hood, and they they be telling you, yeah, everyone be saying orange man. Yes, but look, that's at the level where the level of ignorance is supposed to reign supreme. So right. these are be the drones that just line up and go vote for the Democrats, right? Mm-hmm. And then something totally different. Yeah. All right? And they don't quite know how to deal with it. That's why you see Whoopi and uh, Camel Toe in a state of shock. They could have anticipated that this is what they would be faced with. 
okay? Now, earlier today, I sent you uh, an email. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so you you you'll see it. It's called waking up. So it's it's interesting that that's what you uh, just got through saying, Bear. Mhm. Because that's exactly what is happening, and it's happening far faster than I anticipated. Because this is the middle of the winter. All right. So these are not old videos. Ain't nobody out there in summer wear. These are new videos. But the level that the people are gravitating towards Orange Man is unlike anything I've seen. So that's why these people, Biden can't go nowhere and stand up for 15 minutes. He's just not capable of doing it. But all of a sudden, he's all over the place. Right? Now, you're getting booed wherever he goes. But he, he has to get out there. Uh, and this is why, again, he wouldn't be doing this if Michelle Obama was going to enter the race, and he already knew that. Because he's not physically capable. So Orange Man comes out and says he's going to give campaign rallies in the Big Apple. Now, that's supposed mm-hmm. to be Congress headquarters numero uno. That would be the equivalent of him holding a campaign rally in D.C. Check this out, Sister Bear. Since you didn't see it, did you find the email? Uh, yeah, I'm going to put it in the chat room. Okay, excellent. But check this out, family. Hey guys, welcome to the Liberal Hive Mind, bringing bad news to leftoids every single day since 2019. Oh, this right here, friends, this I think is a legitimately good idea. Change the frickin' map, why not? You know, forever Republican politics, I guess in a way, has been about conserving. Not generally the way that we speak of it, you know, the whole notion of conservatives wanting to conserve tradition and whatnot. I'm talking more about Republican election strategy. It's mostly been defensive, attempting to conserve what's already kind of there, while Democrats have been on the offensive, trying to turn states like Texas and Georgia to fall in that blue column. They play more of an offensive game, using mostly George Soros' money, of course. Well, maybe it's time for that to change a little bit. I mean, we saw what happened in Florida recently, a purple state that was slowly trending towards Barack Obama-style liberalism from 2016 to now has completely shifted and has now become a Republican conservative bastion of freedom and booming free markets. Well, who's to say that it should end at Florida? Who's to say that you simply just give up and say, well, you know, New York and other states like that, those are blue states. Why even try? Why even go there? 
why not take advantage? Why not go on a tour in places where you're not expected to perform well in? Why not show up there and make some freaking noise and get people to join your movement? Get this, folks. Donald Trump pretty much just confirmed that he's eyeing a massive Bronx rally. Yep, Donald Trump plans on making a visit to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's district, and he's even contemplating doing a huge event at Madison Square Garden. I think this is a genius idea. We got some stuff to get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, so here's Donald Trump speaking with Maria Bartiromo about possibly working to flip New York State red. The Republican Party under Trump has become a tremendous success. Are you going to be able to flip blue states like in New York and in New Jersey? Does you're so. going to do a rally in the South Bronx? I think so, yeah. I think I will do that. And then I think, what are you going to do that? I think I'll do one maybe at Madison Square Garden, too. I think we have a chance. New York has changed a lot in the last two years. We have migrants all over the street. They're living on Madison Avenue. I mean, they... It's, nobody can believe what's happened to New York. The people of New York are angry. People that would have never voted for me because I'm a Republican. I mean, they're Democrats. Their parents would ever, ever they vote for Democrats. I think they're going to vote for me. So I think we're going to give New York a heavy shot. They're very unhappy in New York, what's happening. And they're unhappy with the crime. You take a look at the crime in New York, it's at record levels. The other thing is, and, and very importantly, New Jersey. I think New Jersey can be flipped. I think that Virginia can be flipped. I think that New Mexico can be flipped, and I think Minnesota can be flipped. And I'm not even sure that everything can be flipped. Look, I know it sounds crazy, but listen, it's not. If you've been paying attention, then you know that the greatest rightward shift in the electoral landscape, well, it's happening in New York State. Manhattan, I mean, maybe not so much, but the state as a whole, it's happening, mostly due to skyrocketing crime. And of course, with all the buzz around this topic, Newsmax had to do a segment. Here's Newsmax speaking of people on the streets in the Bronx. And well, it was pretty badass to say the least. If President Trump came here to the South Bronx, would you attend the rally? Of course, I would want to meet Trump. I want to shake his hand. He's the only president that I see that can ever make America great again, he's capable of doing that. I would love to go to a rally with Donald Trump come. I'm a big Donald Trump supporter, and I'll support him 100%. Oh, yeah, definitely we're going to show him love. We're going to show him a lot of love, and, you know, like they do in other states. We definitely need to see Trump here. There's nothing but love for Donald Trump here in the South Bronx, the North Bronx, the East Bronx, and the West Bronx. So, tell me. We want... Trump to come back. Please, bro. Biden, get out of here, bro. I will come to the rally and support Trump because the Bronx needs a change and we need somebody that's really going to help this community. I would definitely come to a Trump rally in the South Bronx. I like him. You do? Yes. Yes, I will come to a rally if President Trump was to come to the Bronx and I also would bring other people to come to and support him. Would Joe Biden get a warm reception if he came to the Bronx? No, he wouldn't, though. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> I don't think the reception is what you think it's going to be. You know, obviously, there's going to be a bunch of crazed, blue-haired leftoids standing at the corner, flipping off the Trump motorcade with ridiculous little protest sign. Obviously, that's going to happen. But I think for the most part, it's going to be primetime TV. It's going to be a massive event if it ends up happening. And I think at the end of the day, right now is when you've got to capitalize. There is a lot of dissatisfaction within the American electorate. There's people who feel as though they are voting for the Democrat Party, but they aren't being spoken for. They feel as though they don't have proper representation. They don't have somebody in office fighting for them. That tends to be the general sentiment right now, and especially among disenfranchised voters. Well, why not take advantage of that kind of opportunity, walk in and say, look, maybe I'm not part of the party that you traditionally vote for, and maybe the media even tells you that I'm literally the worst thing ever, that I'm racist, that I'm this, that, and the other, and most importantly, I'm here to bring 
bring you into this incredible movement that we are building to take back this nation. If Trump comes in and is able to authentically push forward that message in the Bronx, that message will resonate everywhere. People say it can't happen, it can't happen. Trust me when I tell you it can happen. Joe Biden ain't doing so hot in New York right now. There's only one pollster who's covering this currently, and that's Siena College. I'm pretty sure they work with the New York Times to release these polls. Well, as you guys can see, back in September, Joe Biden was leading by 21 points. He's now only up by seven, nine, or 10, which in the state of New York is absolutely awful. Joe Biden should be ahead by 20, 30 points easily, probably more so 25 to 30 in early polling data. This little set of data is devastating to Democrats. This means that Joe Biden is within striking distance for Donald Trump. And then of course, we look at the Lee Zeldin versus Kathy Hochul election back in 2022, the final results came within 10 points. A Republican almost flipped the state and became the governor. Look at these statewide results. Lee Zeldin was at 47 points to Kathy Hochul's 53. Let's compare that to the previous gubernatorial election back in 2018. Andrew Cuomo beat his Republican contender by nearly 24 points. You had a plus 24 Democrat lead, which in the matter of one governor election cycle got cut down to like a six and a half point lead. You're telling me New York's not in play? I'm not so sure that that's the case. And look, I don't think Donald Trump should be spending an exorbitant amount of money and effort trying to win the state of New York, but why not visit? Why not see what you can do? Why not test the waters? Because clearly something's happening there. Clearly there's an opportunity. There's a door that's opened. Why not walk through it? The Democrat Party is currently imploding in New York. Then, of course, there's the whole Letitia James and Alvin Bragg thing. There's also E. Jean Carroll doing a New York media late-night tour bragging about how she's going to spend Donald Trump's money. You've talked about using some of Trump's money that you're about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be, what that might look like? Yes, or, Rachel. Yes. I had such, such great ideas <laughs> for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel, you and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get a completely new wardrobe, new shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse. It's yours, Rachel. Penthouse and uh, France. You want France? You want to go fishing nope. in France? No? Oh. All right. All right. Okay. That's a joke. All right. Okay. That's a joke. <laughs> Although, if, if me fishing in France... Could you do something for women's rights? I would take the hit. You know, I would obviously take one for the team. All right, let me, let me, as if, as if you need persuasion in that regard. Let me, you know, there's so much bias. There's so much corrupt nonsense. This sort of get Trump at any cost. I've always seen people who say, oh, I'm not going to bother to register to vote because my voice doesn't make a difference. Or I'm just one person. I say one, I say one name. Will you sue him for us? I love it. Meanwhile, there's a migrant crisis and crime is skyrocketing, but Democrat leadership in the state is more focused on getting Trump than doing their damn jobs. That is an opportunity to come there with a big message. And look, New York is New York. It's the frickin' Big Apple. Anything Trump does there will resonate across the nation. If he does a massive event in Madison Square Garden, comes out looking like a rock star like he does usually at the UFC events. <laughs> and if the message 
messaging starts resonating with New Yorkers and it turns into a net positive for his image in the States, that's going to have an effect nationwide. I think this is a brilliant play. I think now is the time to take advantage of this potential opportunity. It didn't exist in 2016. It didn't exist in 2020, but it exists now. Thanks to Joe Biden, Kathy Hochul, Andrew Cuomo, and Eric Adams' failures. And of course, let's add Alvin Bragg and Letitia James. So I guess let's see if it happens, but most importantly, let's see what happens. This election is about to get interesting. Anyways, that's what I got for you guys on this one. If you enjoyed the video, make sure to leave a like and pause. There. If he gives that rally at Madison Square Garden, and I guarantee you it's going to be overflowing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. They don't realize that the black people in the hood loved Trump before he became president. It was always not like, Trump. Not like this. No, no, well, it's even more so, but it's a lot of, because he hung out with the the, the rappers and and so a lot of people. But there, mm-hmm. they all turned on him. They, they turned him back around now. I, I know, but in 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. it was all turning on him. I know. They hated him. Now something else has taken hold. And if you look, you haven't seen the video yet. Let me tell you something. I would have my finger on the trigger if I was around these brothers. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. These are hardcore black people. Most of the people that you heard talking, to show you how hardcore they are, they didn't have any teeth in their mouth. That's how hardcore they are. Um, Straight hood. We ain't talking working class. We talking <laughs> do what you got to do to make. <laughs> yes. When it gets to that level, that doesn't happen. Okay? What are these people looking at? Because they ain't getting that from mainstream media. So they, when the hardcore. That's what I was telling you, that the young people all on the Internet talking about Trump, and they pulling other young people in. Well, this, this, is, this, is, a, this is a whole other animal here now, Bib. Uh, I, I didn't know that because I don't, you know, I, mm-hmm. I just don't visit. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at teethless brothers that look like they'll uh, – pull your lung out of your body. <laughs> and and a lot it. of them will. They will. <laughs> that's, they, that's the hood. Man, hardcore. But then, mm-hmm. the battle that's going on, I think I may have alluded to it yesterday. You got the battle going on in the House with these fake bills that the, the Democrats, I'm sorry, the uh uh, degenerate party was trying to push behind the scenes. If you notice, there, they wanted the Senate to vote on the bill without reading it. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. You, I, but that's the, the game the they've been playing. They get them a bill the day before, uh, huh? 
a thousand page and they would walk them to pass the bill. That's part of that some of their strategy. Yes, that's the so called omnibus. Where they got all yeah all these people have staffed these representatives and the senators, but the, even they staff can't read all of that stuff in right. days. So they don't allow them to read the bills at all until they vote on it, which can't be right in anybody's language. Just like somebody telling you to sign this contract. You don't need no attorney. Just sign. But look, that wasn't half of it. They didn't they didn't get the bill through because the people mm-hmm. uh are much more in tune to what's going on and they following every move that's being made by the Republicans. The author uh or one of the authors of the bill was this Republican and he had to come his name is Langford. They, they all over him, his political career is over. I know you heard this today, Bear. This is just a little sidebar. In Nevada, they had a, uh, it wasn't really a vote because it didn't really, it wasn't official for anything. But they had three people's names, three or four other people's names on this hypothetical ballot. Uh, Nikki Haley's name was on the ballot, right? But Orange's name wasn't on the ballot. Instead of his name, they had down there none of the above. So you had Nikki Haley and three or four other people on that ballot and none of the above. Guess who won, Bear? Who? Orange man won. He couldn't because his name wasn't on the ballot. See, also Nikki. No, I don't. Okay, I I didn't see it. Go ahead. Okay, this fake ballot. You got to check this out, man. It's gonna blow your mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ballot Mm -hmm. have so there was no way you could vote for him. But that's a product of the Republican establishment in Nevada. They helped steal the last election for the Democrats. But now the re- so overwhelming that they decided to send out this little sample ballot that didn't mean anything because they have the caucus tomorrow mm. and t- run away with the caucus. All right? You'll get about 70% of the vote or more. But, but they did this little sample thing to try to boost Nikki Haley. So only her name is on the ballot along with these other four people. And none of the above. None of the above got 60% of the vote, and Nikki Haley got 30%. Mm. So she was literally, uh, hypothetically, running against nobody and still lost. Now, can you imagine showing yourself out here in public when you can't even run against nobody and and win? Yeah. 
Yes, that's what happened. Yeah, wow. She was thoroughly embarrassed. Thoroughly. But these people don't have any shame because for them, it's about making money. She's making money because she's doing the bidding of the establishment, and they always take care of their own. That's why you see some of these Republicans, as long as it's done in the dark, that's why you see them voting with the Democrats. You never see the Democrats voting with Republicans. Never. It's always the Republicans voting with the Democrats until mm-hmm. MAGA has literally put the fear of God in these Republicans because everybody that's gone against MAGA has lost their ass off. You can ask Liz Cheney. Well, they're already saying Lankford is done. All right? And there was four Republicans that voted not to impeach my orcas. Okay? Uh, this Jewish dude that's the head of Homeland Security and the border who've been lying through his teeth to Congress that the border is secure. That's a no-no. So they had an impeachment vote and four Republicans crossed over and supported him. I guarantee you, all of them were from so-called blue states, okay? But here's the problem. They run in Republican districts. And now the stuff that was in the bill has finally came out, and it was a straight-up scam. The bill was so bad that it was drawn up in the Senate And they couldn't even get it through the Senate because when the people found out what was in the bill, they lit up them phones to those senators. And all of them Mm -hmm. back. And it was so bad that even Mitch McConnell had to come out and say something. Okay? He said it was dead on arrival. They couldn't even get it out the Senate. That never happened. You hear me? That never happened. Because the people ain't never stood up. It's all about we the people. We the one in charge, not them. And that's what the deal is. Because still got these people around talking about immigration is good. They know damn well that the people are fed up with this stuff. Period. So they're trying to blame the Republicans for it. Well, we got them a bill, and they don't want to sign it, so the border stays open. So it's their fault. No. You had to stay in Mexico, right, that orange man Mm -hmm. had it, uh, where those people could be vetted uh, and determine whether they were going to be allowed to come here or not. You had the border wall that was, uh, due to be completed. Biden stopped it and said from day one that he would allow unlimited immigration. He's going to open up the border. And that's exactly what he did. 
And now they're saying that the reason that the board is in the shape that it's in is because the Republicans won't pass our bill. One of the other co-authors of the bill was Chuck Schumer. Okay, another Old Testament. So this whole thing is blowing up in their face. And I had to check out the war room today. Mm-hmm. Now, I recommend everybody uh, tune in to the consigliere, uh, Steve Bannon, who I would say is one of the people at the very top of this MAGA movement, and organize people as to what's really going on behind the scenes because he's based there in D.C., and he was running Trump's campaign originally until they got they tried to get him or made him resign because of of course anti-Semitism. <laughs> okay? So anytime you bust them out, you are a far right fanatic. No matter who you are. That's what they call in Tucker Carlson right now. So what they did was they had the four Republicans voted with the Democrats, but that's going to change because the Republican whip, Steve Scalise, was in the hospital. He's the dude that got shot at the baseball game by the crazy white boy, another uh, degenerate. He's part of the degenerate party. Remember when? when the Republicans was playing baseball against the Democrats about five years ago. And mm-hmm. this dude got his gun, came on the field, and, and uh, I think they shot this shot. dude two or three times. Yeah. Well, no, I said go ahead. So he not only didn't vote, but his job is to whip everybody in line to make sure that the votes are lined up. And as the whip, they call him the whip because he's supposed to crack it like a cracker, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't do this, we're going to make it our business to make sure that you don't get any cushy assignment, you ain't getting no money for your reelection. That's what the whip does. He Mm -hmm. whips other people in line. So if somebody steps down, the whip is always in line to get a cushy position. You see, because he knows the members. So he's the influence peddler, if you will. So he wasn't there, so he couldn't get the troops in line. Uh, Anybody been in the military know how important it is to have that master sergeant, that drill sergeant, right, that keeps all the troops in line. That's what Scalise is. Steve Bannon is the consigliere. He's the one, and this is why he called his show The War Room. So, you don't, again, it's for your consumption. You don't have to necessarily buy into everything that he says. But it's important to be aware of what the other side is doing, okay? 
We already know what the degenerates are going to do. We can tune in to Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and get their whole game plan. Propaganda that's being run by the degenerate party uh, drowns out. Uh, at least it used to drown out uh, people like Steve Bannon. But all that is changing dramatically. And I'm going to be honest with you. Over a year ago, I heard this dude call for black people to have a more prominent role in the Republican Party. And one of the people that he's grooming, oh, I'm, I forgot this guy's name again, very smart young brother, who's a former NBA ball player, supposedly has some mental health issues, okay? But when you listen to this dude talk, this dude is smart as hell. Uh, He sponsored him to run against Ilhan Omar in Minnesota. I know Tutmos know who I'm talking about because we had uh, mentioned him before. Uh, I just I'm just running the blank on his name. But anyway, he called for under the nationalist banner nationalism, patriotism. He called for black people to be more included in the Republican Party. All right? So here's what happened today. They had to go and get the CIA I want the family to pay attention to this propaganda, right? This is very important that you listen to what these people are saying. I know some of you probably listen to uh, this stuff anyway. Is his name Royce White? Is his name Royce White? Who's the family on it? That's who I'm talking about, Royce White. Very bright young brother. Now, again, uh, he comes from a religious foundation, but he cursed like a sailor. And he's an honest brother, okay? But I'm just telling you what I've heard from this dude over the last three or four years. I've kind of listened to Roy's wife. Uh and the NBA ball players all respect him. When you listen to him, he has a, a intellectual bend to his game. But he's a long-time athlete, number one, uh, uh, number one draft pick in the NBA. All right, so he got skills in that area, but he also has a major verbal skill. All right? So here's what happened today, family. Check this out. Pay attention. This is on Steve Bannon's war room today. The the degenerates went absolutely insane. And, of course, they just started lying out of pocket. So check this out. Let me make sure this is up properly. Just making sure that the sound is up loud enough here. I knew it wouldn't be. Okay. Here we go. 
to see another example of just the move toward total chaos from the Republican Party that started, a brand new Republican Party that started with the Tea Party. Can you explain what's been happening? Yeah, I mean, the, the strictures and the kind of uh, traditional fault lines, Katie, in the Republican Party have just changed so much in the last 14 years. The traditional Republican Party, the strong on, on foreign policy, um, uh, global leader type party that Mitch McConnell tried to lead for the last 15 years is dead. And we've shifted into a new, a new sphere that... Uh, of, of a Republican Party that doesn't want to support allies and, and uh, across the world, whether it be Ukraine or in the House of Representatives, suggesting that we offset or uh, cut spending to allow uh, us to uh, give more money to Israel. He's saying you must support the degenerate party platform, otherwise you are not acceptable because we want Mitch McConnell, who we control, to dictate policy. And what he's telling you is that is no longer the case. Remember, I told you, family, that what was going to happen was all them old racists, which is what these people really represent, because the most racist people in this country, Malcolm told us back in the 60s, is these damn so-called liberal degenerates, okay? This has been going on for a long, long time. Ain't nobody more racist than them. Now they pissed. So here comes the propaganda. This is on MFNBC. It's really something that I've never seen. And then you add into this mix a new speaker of the House and Mike Johnson who has no real background that would lend him, uh, give him the skills to be Speaker of the House, take two bills to the floor, two serious bills, Katie. These aren't just mess. I mean, they are messaging bills in some respects, but these are serious topics. Aid to Israel, impeaching uh, Alejandro, Mayor Alejandro Mayorkas, the cabinet secretary, and having those fail in prime time is just unlike anything I've ever seen. And by the way, Mike Johnson took those to the floor knowing they would fail. He, he purposely decided that he would go forward with these votes knowing that it would fail, and it just it defies everything that we know about politics, which is we want winning to be the outcome, not losing. It used to be that Mitch McConnell was kind of the titular head of the Republican Party, even during the Trump years. He still had a lot of sway, especially of Republicans in the, in the Senate. It seems like McConnell no longer has that sway, and the party is now fully under the control of a man who's still running for office, who might get disqualified from the ballot the Supreme Court is hearing a case to disqualify him from the ballot tomorrow. They're hearing oral arguments. Donald Trump seems to be in command of this party, even though Donald Trump is not necessarily in command of his own candidacy. It's, it's, it's Donald Trump, but it's really Donald Trump-inspired members of Congress. It's not, we don't have a traditional pool of, you know, ride-or-die defense hawks who are going to support a muscular foreign policy and, and, and military presence for the United States across the globe. A muscular policy. Muscle. Bogart. Killers. As long as he ain't got to go and flex some muscle. You see? Uh, this is a new Republican Party, he says. This ain't the old Mitch McConnell Party that we control anymore. 
We don't have that anymore. So we have people like Mike Lee and J.D. Vance and, and people of that nature who are inherently skeptical of more money going to uh, countries like Ukraine. And they are the loudest voices in the Republican conference right now. And adding to the mix a presidential election, some senators who want to be vice president, some members of the House Republican leadership who want to be vice president, and you do have a Republican Party that continues to be under the spell of Donald Trump. I think that's accurate. Uh, under the spell. <laughs> there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the witches of the world in 2016 to put a spell on Donald Trump right there in New yeah. York? Yeah. So who's doing the spelling? Because when I look, I see all the bitches and the witches hanging out with the degenerates. Yeah. And then, Sister Bear, family, then they went got Nancy. And check this witch out. I think Chuck is doing a great job of putting everybody. Isn't that also Donald Trump behind the scenes? Oh, absolutely. It's all about Donald Trump. It's all about Donald Trump. It's about immigration, all the rest. The president has cooperated in, in terms, as, as we have. I, I, you know, if we see what's in the immigration bill, it's not a bill that he was written, but it's compromise. It's negotiation. And it solves the problem. For a long time, the president has had this in his proposals. Now they have some more things they wanted. The president agreed. And now they didn't take yes for an answer. Mitch McConnell didn't take yes for an answer. In the beginning of the day yesterday, it was promising. Toward the end of the day, he said, it's changed. And that's because of Donald Trump. You're a former intelligence chair. I mean, you have foreign policy credentials going back, you know, being at the beginning of age forever. And you go to the Munich Security Conference. If Congress does not pass Ukraine aid, how do American lawmakers representing our government hold our Hold your heads up. Yeah. In Germany next week, when NATO came through with, with billions, but we have weapons that they don't have that Ukraine needs, the attackers and the air defenses. And Ukraine is without ammo, we're told, in the trenches. And Vladimir Putin has more people, more men that can go into the fight because the casualties don't seem to bother him. What's heartbreaking about this is that we've all praised the courage of the Ukrainian people fighting for their democracy and in fighting for theirs, fighting for democracy writ large. We had overwhelming votes. We had over 300 the last vote we took in the House for, a, uh, for the uh, military assistance for Ukraine. EU, EU funding over $50 billion, a huge amount of money, much more than, uh, well, uh, than the yes, that's largely for uh, the economy, functioning of government, and the rest. The military assistance is what they need, and that's what our funding is. So it is a total embarrassment, but that's the least of it. It's a, a tragedy that we are not supporting Ukraine. Now, I, I'm not giving up on it. I do think that when they were... Speaker was asked in his press conference what he would do if the Senate sent over the Ukraine package without uh, immigration. And he didn't. He was noncommittal on it. 
So I'm hoping that so many of the Republicans support aid to Ukraine. So many of them do in the House of Representatives. Now, they do have a Putin, pro-Putin caucus there. Not a f- they got a pro-Putin caucus. <laughs> <laughs> this is how they play the game. And you're supposed to trust these people. So she immediately, she knows she don't have a leg to stand on, literally. So what does she do? It's Putin's fault. It's all Putin and Trump. That's it, okay? So both of them, Putin and Trump, are really Hitler. Why? Because they don't get on bended knee and bow down to this Zionist threat. That's why. Let's finish out what she says here. You have to really pay attention because her teeth are falling out of her mouth. Officially a caucus, but advocates for who benefits from this? Vladimir Putin. Who benefits of Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump, that's connected. It's connected. Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump. It's connected. Now, I don't care what world you live in. You have the option to live in whatever world you want to. But if you can accept out-out lies from these people, I don't care if it's Republicans or Democrats. I'm sorry. Or degenerates. But it's a fact that these people lie on no end. I got another video, and I won't even show it. But it's obvious this woman comes straight out the CIA. Uh, and the stuff that comes out of her mouth is untenable. You would not believe what you're hearing, and she's sitting up there on MSNBC putting this junk out. If it was anywhere near legitimate, I would say so. But nothing that comes out of her mouth is legitimate. But we're going to have to forego that because I want the family to hear Steve Bannon's response to this, and then we're going to get into uh, the closure of this form. Let me fast forward this a little bit. Where do we stand? And, And just for a shout out, this audience as an active participant in this, one of the the protagonists of the drama, today was a massive day. You broke the reign of terror of Mitch McConnell. I cannot tell you how big this vote was. Not only did they not get 60, we actually won. We, we beat it 50-48 just on a majority. Schumer had to come up for a technical reason, just like yesterday, uh, they had to have the congressman flip over at the last second to make sure that we could bring it back, bring the impeachment back, which we will bring back. But this was a historic day. You defeated this package, this uh, the uh, 
the um, invasion authorization bill, which they wanted to jam through, still with so many lines, and, and Langford got up there and gave some big sob story. Somebody called him up and said, I'm going to break you, and he was whining up there for hours. Uh, just an embarrassment to the people in Oklahoma, the great folks out there. The um, But it was defeated. It was crushed. Mitch McConnell and all his men couldn't put this back together again. Absolutely the biggest epic fail. Really the most important thing that Mitch McConnell's ever – Did you hear what he said, Bill? <laughs> yeah. He fell, off, he fell off the wall and they couldn't back again, put him back together. Who Who is that that fell <laughs> off this damn wall we've been talking about here? Humpty Dumpty. We just mentioned him the other day? Last night. Okay. <laughs> Trying to push through, I think. Crashing defeat. I mean, not even close. Not even a close count. Just a crashing defeat. Uh, so historic day. The war and posse, you did your job. Your task and purpose was to save your country. Well, today you did because the invasion authorization bill crashed and burned. Now, they're behind closed doors. Only the cartel can do. They can't get the Ukraine thing up to even debate, but they're working behind closed doors. We're going to get to all that and cash Patel next in the war. Let me fast forward a little bit here because I want you to hear cash Patel. Uh, major player in the Trump administration. Okay. So massive victory today, massive victory today. Now, the behind closed doors, and here's what they're trying to do, because as J.D. Vance, Sarah Vance said this morning, <laughs> this whole thing, including just everything regarding to the uh, to the border uh, uh, provisions, the, you know, this whole thing they put up about the Invasion Authorization Act, was just a fig leaf, as J.D. said, to get to what they really want, which is the Ukraine uh, money, money for Ukraine. They're obsessed by that, to get it to the money laundering oligarchs, the child trafficking, the organs harvesting, the bio labs of Victoria Newland, all of it. When we pick the scab of Ukraine, a lot of pus is going to come out. Now, Seymour Hirsch, who's a quite controversial guy, investigative reporter, but it's been known to – I think sometimes people say it fast and loose with the facts. He was the guy that broke the story about the, the pipeline, uh, the blowing up of the pipeline. And nothing he said about that has been refuted today. It really hadn't. Sweden called off its investigation very suspiciously, announced today they're going to just drop the investigation. So Seymour Hirsch was the one that came out and said, hey, this was really probably American intelligence with the Ukrainians and others that did this on purpose. Remember that? Well, he's reporting – that uh, was it Alexander Burns, the head of the CIA, flew to Kiev on a secret mission months ago to confront Zelensky and say that he and his fellow oligarchs stealing of money had gotten so large and so out of control that it had to stop. They're going to have a very tough time coming forward. Now, this is months and months ago. I think this is actually in the spring or summer that it was so bad it had to stop. It had to cease. Now, it's a pretty open secret in Washington that they're stealing left and right. That's why Marjorie Taylor Greene, remember she got the accounting, auditing? None of that's ever been put through. And in fact, the Ukrainians the other day admitted, I think it was $40 million in arms were completely manufactured, phony invoices. That's just, that's just the tip of the spear. I mean, that's just the, the, 
the top of it. It's much, much deeper than that. It's been billions of dollars. Cash Patel, put in perspective what's happening today. They're behind closed doors now trying to cut deals to say we got to get some amendments. We can't go forward clean. We got to get some amendments. You got to let's have some amendments to put a little tiny fig leaf onto the Ukraine thing so that we can tell the people, hey, we got border security. We told you we'd only do Ukraine with border security because Danes is telling them if you do this, if you do it clean, all of our candidates will lose. People are outraged, right? There, there. People are. This audience has stood up and said no. Not one penny for Ukraine. Not one penny until you secure the southern border. And obviously that has not happened yet. Your perspective. It's a huge victory for the Donald Trump movement and the war room posse standing behind him because we care more about safeguarding our own communities that have been dilapidated by the Biden administration through the invasion of the southern border, whether it's fentanyl, narco-traffickers, human trafficking, terrorists, criminals coming over here and committing murder in our towns and our neighborhoods. We care more about safeguarding our country first and then we'll help the rest of the world. We haven't done step one in this Biden administration, and I agree with you and I have forever. There should be no more money to the Ukraine until America is secure. And America has spoken, and the swamp has been drowned out. Cash, here's what I find. We played Pelosi because we know the audience loves hearing her name, loves hearing her voice. We played Pelosi, but for 72 hours, they've been obsessed. This is Donald Trump that's shutting this down. Well, He's running for president of the United States. He's leading in the polls. He leads a huge movement called the Republican Party or the new MAGA takeover of the Republican Party. He's one of the most profound and important political leaders in this country, in the country's history. Of course he's going to have – and and these bills cut right to sovereignty of the country, security of the southern border, and our commitments overseas, particularly to NATO-affiliated entities, it's the heart of what Donald Trump ran for. It's the intellectual center of what he ran for. Of course he's going to have an opinion, what's said. And the people that are there because he endorsed them and raised money for them and supported that are his followers or represent his followers, so certainly have a voice. What is this beef they've got with Trump having a point of view in this, sir? Because Trump's right, and they can't have that. They can't have that being printed on the New York Times and across the headlines of CNN and the fake news. Anything that Trump does that delivers this country a win, they will try to remove that win with fake news and disinformation campaigns. They just cannot have Donald Trump succeed. And you're right. Donald Trump is the leader of this movement, but America has spoken behind him. America is the one that shut down this bill that masqueraded as a border security bill. America spoke and said, we want to take care of us and our border and our neighborhoods first, and then if we have leftover, we'll give it over there, a down, down range as we call it. And that's not Donald Trump just saying it singularly. That's like, I don't even know how many, maybe 100 million people getting behind him, and the mainstream media is just ticked off that they continue to be defeated by Donald Trump's movement, and they can't have him have a win. Cash, help me out here because you were over in Capitol Hill on the as a senior member uh, with uh, under Nunez at House Intel. Explain to our audience what is the obsession? Uh, JD said today, Senator Vance said, bordering on a fetish of getting money in Ukraine because this whole exercise has gotten down this. The whole thing of even the border, uh, you know, the border amnesty bill, all that phoniness was all to give a fig leaf to get money to Ukraine. What is the obsession to getting money into Ukraine, sir? The defense industrial complex, they own the swamp. They own the majority of people that put up this border fraud bill because they want to print money 
like Nikki Haley and the Rhino Establishment class, who are owned by these huge defense contractors and pouring billions of dollars to print money, start war, and continue to print money. And they want to do it now in this election cycle because a war cycle for the economic side of things will prop up the economy just because of the amount of money that's flooded into it. And that narrative they need to say, look at what Joe Biden's doing to our economy. So we just seize not only the lobbyist industry, but the defense industrial titans that have run Washington, D.C. were just delivered a blow. They're not going away, Steve. They do a lot of great work. Don't get me wrong. But they do a lot of work that cuts against the interests of the American people, and they've been running that town for years. Listen, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin was on the board of Raytheon making the zillions of dollars. Since he became the secretary, Raytheon has gotten $3 billion in government contracts. That's pretty much all you need to know. Not, 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 not bad work. Let's play the clip from this morning on uh, on Birdbrain uh, about uh, about what happened in uh, uh, Nevada. We have this: a non-starter in Nevada. Majority of Republican primary voters last night checked the box for none of these candidates over Nikki Haley by more than two to one. Former President Trump is not on that ballot, so onward we roll to the next phase. Okay, <laughs> cash. This is it's so amazing what you did. Tell what you had. You explained it. How you broke it down for the president and his team. What was happening in Nevada and how you helped with the Warren Posse and all the great MAGA folks out there and the Trump team and the Trump team in Nevada and of course his campaign team delivered really a crushing blow to Tricky Nikki. <laughs> Look, Donald Trump. It's a masterclass performance by Donald Trump, and we had to deliver for him because he's working so hard for the American people. So my first major MAGA hat tip is to the war room posse for getting this done. And we're going to make 45-47 because all the states are falling in line. And, Steve, a major hat tip to you. I'm going to start calling you the field marshal. Because, look, the, the wins you guys are racking up, whether it's defeating the border bill, whether it's changing leadership at the speaker or the RNC, and now the Nevada. Remember, Nikki Haley and the mainstream media had gone out here and printed the headline that she was going to win the primary. Not only did we stop the mail-in ballot con job that is the Nevada primary, we actually got people to sh- shove it in their own, shove it down their own throats and vote none of the above. She literally lost to no one. And that's how many votes we got out there. Look at that. 43,000 people rolled out against Nikki Haley. And now we're going to roll into our caucus on Thursday, Sunday, tomorrow with President Trump here. And we're going to deliver a huge win for him there and give him all the GOP delegates here in the state of Nevada the key to the West. It's a monster win. They thought it could not be done. And it would not have been possible without the likes of Segal Chata and Michael McDonald and the Trump senior campaign officials um, that they've got down here working in caucuses for for the team. It's amazing. Yeah, head tip to uh, to, to 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 Susie and and the team. Um, just incredible. Uh, because and for it was it was it we delivered it was it twenty seven thousand votes. How many checked actually none of the above? Uh, by the way, Chris Lasavita and Susie. How many actual people checked none of the above? Was it 27,000 or 47,000? No, I think it was 43,000. I think the difference was like 27,000 or something. For 43,000 people to go, yep. we're spending no advertising. So the Trump campaign team, McDonald, uh, Seagal, the whole apparatus out there, MAGA, War Room Posse, Cash, you're – this is huge. I mean, I, it, when, I, when you first told me, I go, oh, my God, who's even going to – because it was a mail-in vote, too. 
Are they going to hear about it early enough? This was a massive win, and quite frankly, Nikki Haley was shocked. Was she not? Uh, was she not? Because they played these games. You play stupid games, you get stupid prizes. I think what Boris says. Yeah, no, they were floored, and she said, "Oh, I don't want to spend the fifty thousand. And now she, this is rich. She's calling the Nevada primary and election apparatus rigged for Donald Trump. No, the voters in the state, <laughs> the voters in literally went out of their way to use your mail-in ballot rig job and selected none of the above. You're not even a human. You're not even a human to these people because your policies are garbage. And they love Donald Trump so much that they're going to do it again on Thursday and trounce you at the polls at the caucus. It's going to be great. And they said it couldn't be done, Steve, and I just can't reiterate it. The Trump campaign, the team that Susie and company have over there, Seagal, Mike McDonald, and the war room posse delivered. Literally, when we started talking about this, you were like, yeah. no one, you know, how are you going to get people to care? We defeated Nikki Haley. It is a monster win. And it just shows you how Two much one. Donald Trump is loved out here and across America. Uh, Cash, glad you're out in Nevada. How do people get to your content? we got about 30 seconds. Tell folks where to get to all of everything Cash. But So, Ben, you got to tell me, there. Because I'm just a novice at this. Mm. How do you run nobody and lose? <laughs> That's a first. And Don't the whole thing me. was fake. It was all fake, Bev, because there is no yeah. Nevada primary. As I said earlier, that was cooked up by the elite, the old guard in Nevada, to make it look like Nikki Haley had some support somewhere. But as you could clearly see, they left Orange Man's name off this fake ballot in a fake primary because they don't have no primary. They have a caucus. And that's going to happen tomorrow. Okay? So they're going to try to preempt the caucus, make it look like Nikki Haley has so much support, they put none of the above on this fake ballot, and she still loses Two to one against nobody. Hmm. And that shows you the game is changing in a dramatic way because Orange Man never Hmm. set foot in Nevada. He didn't go there. Okay? So that just goes to show you who's supporting darling Nikki. And I was reminded that Darling Darling Nikki by Prince is really a nasty song. Mm. And I think it fits because Nikki Haley is really a nasty woman. You know who she reminds me of? Kamala mm. Harris. Mm-hmm. She reminds me of She's a nasty woman, too, okay, who literally slept her way into political prominence. That ain't my opinion. That come from people like Willie Brown who slept with her. You know, I kind of think that's where that slogan came from, what can Brown do for you? Mm. Or what can, can Brown do you? Listen, thing is going to get really, really interesting. Because as I said, Bev, 
I think they're going to turn loose these illegals, part of this cartel. They know it's part mm-hmm. of the cartel. Don't mean all of them are parts of the cartel, but significant numbers. Yeah. Well, I don't even know that because we're talking over, what, 10 million people? I don't know how many of them, but we know they're there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and they're going to go out here with Antifa, and they're going to start raising hell. Because it's what they do. They have to create chaos and fear in order to do uh, what they do. All right? Well, I, th- I think this time it's going to be hard for them to create the the, the fear. The people are w- waking up now, so they're not going back to sleep. Of course not. I mean, this this uh, video we played earlier, that was recent. That wasn't six months ago. That was a few days ago. So there's major changes taking place at the very bottom level. And remember, family, when the bottom moves, the top is at their disposal. Mm-hmm. You see, once the ground shakes, it don't matter where you at. You're affected by it. So you can go up to your penthouse, but I would suggest you come down and find you somewhere else to be. Because when the bottom moves, the top is at their disposal. That's what I see going on here. Okay? Uh, This is why it's important for black women. Oh. I wanted to go back because they mentioned uh, Steve Bannon and Cash Patel. They mentioned about, uh, as well as the news people, the misappropriation of the funding. That's going to I'm sorry, Bear? No, go ahead. That was my computer. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh, and we pointed out yesterday in this article from RealClearWire.com, over one billion in weapons missing in Ukraine. Okay, and I don't know why I didn't print this article. Uh, maybe I'll do it before the show is over, whatever. Uh, but it's on Great Game India. They point out that. The weapons that have been earmarked for Ukraine are ending up with the cartel in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, who's sending the weapons to Mexico? And why are they sending the weapons to Mexico? They're not going there on their own. The weapons ain't getting up going to Mexico. Somebody's sending them there. And you ain't just sending them uh uh, certified mail. They're being shipped there. Okay? So you got all this going on. And these people want more money, but they don't want anybody auditing where the money is going. So as they were pointing out, uh, these guys are stealing money hand over fist. Zelensky and his posse. All right? Check this, family. 
uh, weapons sent to Kiev found in possession of Mexican cartels. This is from Great Game India. Okay. Say that again. I was say that again. The time weapons weapons sent to Kiev found in possession of Mexican cartels. Now, the last time I checked the map, Ukraine is a hell of a long way from Mexico. (laughs) So how the hell did them weapons get down to Mexico? Okay. Let me go back to, to, to this article. Because I don't have this one printed out, I, I, I'm sure I got it uh, ready to be to be printed. For some reason, I didn't print it out. But it's just absolutely mind blowing. Why ain't this in mainstream media? Okay, because there's no way you can look at all these young and everybody and their mama be using this phrase, military age men. Right? Now, all of a sudden, we got a billion dollars in high-tech weaponry. And here's what they say. I'm going back to the article now from Real Clear Wire. Here's what they say. The Department of Defense has failed to properly track $1 billion worth of weapons provided to Ukraine, according to an internal audit released on January 10th by the Department of Defense Inspector General. I mentioned this yesterday. They're going to say, the audit found that $1 billion of the $1.7 billion in enhanced in-use monitoring of designated weapons provided to Ukraine as of June 2023 are delinquent, meaning they can't be accounted for in inventory reports. They say maybe the weapons are being used properly. Maybe they've been stolen by Russian forces. No one can be completely sure. They go on to say the weapons include night vision devices, anti-tank missiles, attack drones, and small diameter bombs. Then they go on to say this. The Biden administration has sent over $75 billion to Ukraine since February 2022, including $44 billion in military aid. Now, if they lose in the weapons and they're over there crying about more weapons, more weapons, more weapons, every time you see this little degenerate Zelensky, he's somewhere begging somebody for some more weapons. Okay? When they're getting their ass handed to them on a platter. As we said last summer, toward the latter part of the summer, the war is over. Then they go on to say this, family. This is not the first time weapons have gone missing during Biden's administration. In Afghanistan in 2021, Taliban seized seven U.S. helicopters, each worth as much as $21 million. The DOD also lost track of $174 million of drones provided to Afghanistan. Biden officials being removed official reports of Afghanistan weaponry spending, 
spending from government websites. The DOD has a long history of inadequately, inadequately tracking its finances, having failed its last six annual audits. Now, last week, we told you about the Navy and uh, what was his name, Fat Joe, who was recording the orgies and stuff that were going on by the Naval uh, High Command by the Admirals. You think that ain't happening in the Army? Remember, the military is woke now. So I guarantee you, there's a lot of asses hanging out in the barracks. And who can forget there, family, go back in your time machine a few months ago, maybe about six months ago now, when dude from Ukraine who was appointed as a spokesman but was an American is a tranny. And then we looked at his background, we found all kind of intelligence connections with this dude. But he was sitting up there basically pointing out that Ukraine got a kill list. And anybody that disagreed with Ukrainian policy were going to be put on this kill list because they work for Putin. And this dude sitting up there with a wig on, they couldn't get his ass out the way fast enough. He representing Ukraine, or is it she? No, it's he representing Ukraine, okay? So anybody think that I'm kidding about the level of LGBT in the military, I'm going to say it again. If you go to a parade this coming summer, and you see soldiers in a parade. I don't know, don't care what the parade is for. First thing I want you to do is check their feet and then check their fingers to see if they got some of them paste-on fingernails, okay? Like you see all the women wearing with these six-inch nails hanging off their hands. And the other thing I want you to do is wash their feet to see if they're wearing red pumps while they're marching. Because remember, Millie is a closet homosexual. He ran the whole military until he just resigned a few weeks ago. Or retired, rather. I'm not saying all of the military, but what I'm saying is it's enough of it in there to it should be con- concerning to people. Okay? And of course, Orange man put the kibosh on that stuff in the military because one of the things that the military has come out and said in the Biden administration is that you can get some free penis removal if you join the military. We'll cut it off for you. No problem. Free of charge. So, I defy anybody to tell me that what we are dealing with is not a level of degeneracy that none of us have ever seen in society. 
we've probably read about it going back thousands of years, but we ain't never seen this level of depravity. All right? So now, I thought that this that this stuff that's going on was the perfect segue into where we left off. Because when you put these two programs together, I would hope that you see some uh, some symmetry in yesterday's program, although extensive and quite boring, uh, but it was also quite fascinating. And you'll see what I'm talking about tonight as we get into the more esoterical part uh, of this session. Okay? Uh, and as I've always said, Bear, it's the women that basically can, uh, occupy the spiritual aspect, okay, of the black, feminine, and masculine energies. Okay? Left brain, right brain. She still right. represents the spiritual hemisphere. So when that's corrupted, man, you got a problem on your hand. And it, it, it's all manifesting in a variety of esoteric, some can say occult, ways. Because in reality, we're dealing with an occult transformation. That's where all the Satanism and all this stuff is coming in. Remember, they said that uh, at certain points uh, in the lunar calendar uh, that you can literally call on ball. Okay? With the aid of this feminine energy. Now, let's go to the tarot. Well, what does the tarot have to do with any of this? Well, we are talking about <clears throat> the infinity symbol, the limniscate, which is another name for it, that uh, sideways eight that has been showing up uh, for a long, long time. And even before it manifested into this particular symbol, it was still being used all going all the way back to uh, ancient comedic science. All documented. So they can come up with the name and appropriate it or steal it, but it doesn't originate with them. It's like the so-called Star David. It didn't originate with them. Sorry. It don't work like that. You don't get to appropriate these things that existed before your words were even mentioned and adopt them for yourself, taking other people's children and calling them yours. What? Well, no. They hold existence. That is correct. But 
Old Testament is particularly guilty of this stuff because they've been taking everybody's stuff and calling it their own. That's what I'm saying. That's their Old Testament. That's their whole existence. That is correct. So let's go here to this particular uh, article from Tarot Arts, Tarot, T-A-R-O-T, Arts.com. The Limnescape Infinity, the Limnescape symbol in the tarot. So why is the infinity symbol in the tarot, and what does it really represent? Because, again, the orange man was basically uh, uh, parodied as the magician in that 2016 Economist magazine article, Planet Trump. And it's just so crazy to me, Bear, that we can literally see that that's what's happening now. You don't hear his name being called, but he's the the impetus behind people rising up. And nobody can disagree with that because they hate him at the World Economic Forum. Okay? He damn near made George Soros' head blow up, along with Klaus Schwab. So if you look at the dude from the Heritage Foundation who went there a couple of weeks ago and told them that they're the problem in the world. Orange Man was the first person to go there and read him the riot act and let him know that he is about America first. And then he walked out. walked out on the World Economic Forum, and they was pissed off. You know, it's my old saying, Bear, they should be uh, glad that they are pissed off instead of pissed on. Okay? So let's go to this particular setting, Bear, and here's what they say in this article. The infinity symbol is in the tarot refers to the infinite nature of humanity. It's showing us that we are forever immortal and calling our spirit to embark on a journey of infinite transformation. We first encounter the infinity symbol in the magician card. The magician, with his arms outstretched, pointing the heavens, pointing to the heavens and the earth. The spiritual and physical world. Now, why did they say the spiritual and the physical world? Because heaven and earth, as we've already gone over in other programs back in the day, Sabelle, heaven and earth are representatives of male and female, or feminine and masculine energy. So the magician, like the fake feminine that we know as the Baphomet, right? Because the Baphomet, too, is half male, half female, right? Mm -hmm. And it's pointing to the heavens and earth, 
just like the magician card. Okay? But that's their version. That's their version. Remember, family, the tarot is nothing more than Old Testament uh, put in symbolic form on cards, okay, that was originally used by the gypsies who had got ran out of Kemet by Old Testament and began to resettle in other places in Africa, which is why ancient Kemetic science is still African culture to this day. Okay? Uh, In spite of Christianity and Islam and other religious or slash belief systems, it's still there to this day. All right? So they use the tarot to avoid detection by uh, putting the history into card format. And so these people, these so-called gypsies, they're really Egyptians, right? Whenever you see them in in the old movies, particularly the old movies, they were always darker skinned people. They were never depicted or hardly ever depicted as pure white people. They always depicted them as something other than white. That's because they weren't white. All right? Anyway, they go on here to say uh, he has all the tools for a journey set before him on a table. The infinity symbol Uh, above his head and around his belt reminds us that the tools we need for this journey are infinitely at our disposal. They say, because this card is the first in the tarot sequence, we think of the magician as beginning his journey. The infinity symbol reminds us that the journey is not a one-way trip. The tools are at his disposal, but he also appears to be presenting them to others as if he's used them before and knows their value. As if the magician is at a market or fair presenting the tools. The magician is showing us that the insights we receive from the journey are to be shared with others just as he's sharing them with us. They say, while in the magician card we see infinity presented with harmony, everything looks a lot more uncertain as we encounter the juggler in the two of pentacles. Okay, that's the second card in this article. And you can see that the juggler with one foot off the ground has the infinity, but inside each is a pentagram, the five-pointed star. Okay, let's just call it the eastern star. Mm-hmm. What are the women auxiliary in the Masons called? The eastern star. Thank you. Just, just you know, just checking this out, because again, no matter where we go, we cannot divorce ourselves.
particularly if we're dealing with infinity, from the feminine energy and the masculine energy. Okay? Now, they say the juggler, all in all, is doing a good job. Wait, no, I missed something. They say while in the magician card we can see infinity presented with harmony, everything looks a lot more uncertain as we encounter the juggler in the two of pentacles. The rough seas in the background remind us that this card is about the realities of the physical world. The juggler, all in all, is doing a good job of keeping everything in balance, even with one foot off the ground. He's showing us that balancing the realities of the physical world are achievable. But after all, but after all this is just a performance, an act of sorts. Ultimately, the concept of infinity needs bigger a view beyond the physical world to be fully realized. The juggler is showing us how ridiculous we look balancing a few worldly things when we really need to embrace the much larger concept of the balance of infinity presented to us by the magician. My eye. Okay? They say the uncertainty of the juggler is gone as we approach the strength card. Here, a beautiful maiden is at ease with the king of beasts. She's comfortable directing his very pose, crowned with a flowery laurel on her head, above which floats a limnescape. This is not an image of power over the beast, but one of balance, okay? The beast family is the ego, physical part of who we are, represented by the male. The spiritual part, the beauty, is represented by the female. So, yes, that's where the beauty and the beast originates. It originates inside of us, okay? Because all of us are capable of becoming beastly, depending on the circumstances. Okay? They then say the spiritual and physical world are in harmony. Our vision at this moment is more holistic, and the stage is set for transcendence. They say finally we reach the world card the last card in the major arcana, meaning that's the last book in the book of Revelation, the 22 books. Each card represents one of the 22 books in the book of Revelation. Okay? That's the world card. We see a joyous, naked woman Dancing in the middle of a laurel wreath. And again, you can see that in the illustration here. Okay? They say she appears to have achieved perfect balance and is floating between the heavens and the earth. Go over there and sit down. She's also surrounded by the symbols that represent the four elements and the four corners of the world. 
four and four equal what, Sister Bear? Eight. That's the eight. Okay? That's what infinity is representative of, which again points to the feminine energy. They say we see the red ribbons of the limnescape tied in figure eight around the top and bottom of the wreath. This is the completion of a long journey, the culmination of the fool's journey. The wreath reminds us of a doorway opening with one step. The seeker will step through the laurel and the journey will begin anew. Okay? And for me, that's comparable to time traveling. Okay? Uh, so now, I thought that article was very valuable, and particularly the the illustrations on how much the limnescape or the infinity symbol goes up in the tarot cards. That tells you automatically, although the tarot cards, uh, uh, this current rider weight, uh, which is the most used tarot card, uh, the people have come up their own versions, as we discussed in earlier programs, Sister Bev, and I know you're well aware of their other versions of the tarot cards. And there was one that's particularly fascinating to me. I can't remember that little white girl's name, but just recently in the last five or six years, this little white Old Testament girl who uh, uh, is a magician, right? And mm-hmm. there was something where she... Um, she wants to become a mortal or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but it was mind-blowing. And they gave this little white girl all kind of awards for coming up with this particular version of the tarot. Man, I'm going to go upstairs and go into them boxes and find, because I end up putting a lot of that stuff in boxes upstairs in the house here. So I have to go and mm-hmm. dig through them and pull that stuff back down, but I don't throw any of that stuff away because so much is disappearing off the internet. So that's why I like to copy stuff, family, for my own edification. Now, let's go here, since we mentioned the magician, let's go specifically to the magician, uh, that card in the tarot, and that's the title of this article, The Magician, is from occult-world.com. Here's what they say. The magician, the magus, or the juggler, is the first trump. I wish I could make this up there, but I can't. And you know, family, we used to talk all the time about the 22 and how those 22 cards represent the 22 amino acids in the human body. And there are other 22 phenomena 
having to do with uh, the human uh, condition that are absolutely mind-blowing, along with the 22 books in the book of Revelation, that you'd have to almost be a complete imbecile to think that this is all by happenstance or just a coincidence. And I used to name that stuff ad infinitum on a number of shows. So you go back in the archives, uh, I forget what year that stuff was done in there. We've done so much. But you can find all of that stuff. It'll absolutely blow your mind. Oh, the, the 22 bones in the face and skull, each of one of those 22 bones is shaped like one of the 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. Now, again, maybe somebody took somebody's head, skipped it, and said, wow, we're going to make us some alphabet that looks just like the 22 bones in our face and skull. You will come to a more logical conclusion and say that there's something else hidden in all of this. I'm not smart enough to make this stuff up. Let's go ahead on. They say, uh, uh, above his head, the magician, is the mysterious sign of the Holy Spirit. What? The sign of life. Forming the figure eight in a horizontal position, the infinity symbol. About his waist is a serpent cincture. The serpent appearing to devour its own tail, the Ouroboros. This is familiar to most as a conventional symbol of eternity. But here it indicates the eternity of attainment in the spirit. The eternity of attainment in the spirit. Okay? And keep in mind, family, this uh, metaphysically is talking about the feminine energy. So, again, there is alignment when they talk about this eternity of attainment in the spirit because that's what the feminine energy represents. They say in the magician's right hand, is a wand raised towards heaven while the left hand is pointing to the earth, okay? And I always think of heaven and earth when I'm, I, I go into this particular subject matter, this group from Chicago that did several outstanding songs and then disappeared because, of course, y'all know who run that industry. So they disappear very talented people all the time. Now, they're going to say this dual sign is known in very high grades of the instituted mysteries. It shows the descent of grace, virtue, and light drawn from things above and derived to things below. The suggestion is 
therefore, the possession and communication of the powers and gifts of the spirit. Okay? And you'll hear me, family, and you have heard me, whether I'm talking about them lesbians and Black Lives Matter, I'm always referring to the spiritual void that's extremely obvious in these people. And that's why they're so angry all the time. All right? And people who are angry on a daily basis should never be in charge of anything or anybody outside of themselves. All right? They say, on the table in front of the magician are the symbols of the four tarot suits signifying the elements of natural life, which lie like counters before the adept, and he adapts them as he wills. Beneath are roses and lilies, changed into garden flowers to show the culture of aspiration. They say, according to Arthur Waite, this card signifies the divine motive in man. Also, the unity of the individual, of the individual being, on all planes. And in a very high sense, it is thought. With further reference to the sign of life, i.e. the infinity symbol and its connection with the number eight, it may be remembered that Christian Gnosticism speaks of rebirth in Christ as a change, quote, unto the abdode, unquote. And, of course, family, you cannot miss them alluding to the abdode, which is very prominent, comedic cosmology, associating the human body construct with the cosmos, okay? The gods, all right? Like the... Chicago Bulls having a bull as their symbol, it don't mean you're going to go and watch the Chicago Bulls and they literally have bulls out there running up and down the court with basketball in their hoofs. No. The same thing applies to ancient comedic cosmology. They use symbology to express themselves. Okay? And then, of course, somewhere along the line, these things get appropriated and get changed. And while the original is frowned upon and looked upon as demonic, the uh, facsimile is now accepted because it's been put in a different form. Okay? And this is what these people have done uh, for centuries. They say in other traditions, wait, oh, I'm, I almost missed the feast. They say the mystic number is termed Jerusalem above. The mystic number is termed Jerusalem above. 
the land flowing with milk and honey. Of course, we know that that's in your head. These are the oils, the chemicals that basically anoint you, right? Once you reach a certain spiritual uh, chakra level. So we've all, again, we've gone through that ad infinitum in some of the old programs showing you that your brain literally releases what can be uh, referred to as milk and honey in your brain, in your head. I'm sorry. Now, they go on to say. The pioneer, the pioneer and the pituitary glands. Yes. So all Mm -hmm. these things, all these things are internal things, okay? And we should pay attention to them. All right. I just I just played that uh that archive last week last Wednesday, so the family yeah. who missed it. <laughs> wow. Again, you can't make this up. And that shows you that me and Bev are vibing on the same level. That's what because with all the programs that we did, she didn't know I was getting ready to deal with this. Mm-mm. He goes into the archives and plays it. And I would suggest, therefore, that whatever date is on that, uh, that you check out some of the things we did during that time. I particularly like the one where we dealt with uh, uh, the feminine energy and the whole God construct. Okay. Okay. Yes, I think it was all around that time. Yeah. And the Superman movie, uh, The Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah. See, all this stuff, I mean, this stuff was just flowing, family. We were on a different level. We didn't get into the, because I wasn't dealing with, I hate politics. Anybody know me will tell you. I never vote. I hate it. But when I saw something different come on the scene, like a bull in a china shop, I was compelled to cover it. That's Owens, man. And that's why I'm still covering him today, because this is a phenomenon. This doesn't happen every day by any stretch of the imagination. And if it wasn't important, you wouldn't have the demon worship worshippers worldwide coming at his head. Okay? And that tells you that this dude represents something other than what we are accustomed to dealing with. Okay? They say according to Martinism, eight is the number of Christ. Okay? They say in other traditions, this card can refer to scholarly knowledge. Fool, card zero, has learned something about the workings of the world and now sees himself as powerful. Perhaps the reputation of the magician is derived from the fool misunderstanding what is happening, while the high priestess, the next card, is looking back, thinking that the magician is missing the point of spiritual knowledge. So the female card, the next one in line, 
is the high priestess, right? Uh, and of course, she's the bearer of the spiritual realm. She's right next to the fool. She's to teach him from a spiritual perspective what his powers truly are. I say again, that's why the churches for eons have been filled with the women. Overwhelmingly. Because she's to imbue into the children the spiritual aspect. Okay? That's why she's charged with uh, imbuing within the children how they are to act, reinforced by the masculine energy. If you don't get your ass over there and do what I told you to do, boy, I'm going to tell your daddy when he get home, and you know what you got coming. So what did they do to break all that up? They took the woman out of the home, put her in the work world, created an economic environment where she has to work in order to support her family, demonized the men, removed the work that the men were doing, that's manufacturing and creating things. And because now, because the male and the female is no longer at home, you have a total breakdown in the discipline that's necessary for the family to survive, which is the foundation of the culture, the family. That's why you see these people attacking the family at every chance they get. I have nothing for love for the uh nothing but love for people who are maintaining that family connection in spite of all the impediments that are being thrown in their way. Because these people are anti family and they'll tell you it's time to end what they term the nuclear family. Now the family is two or three men living together having sex with a child, with a baby, or two or three dykes living together and just telling the children, well, you got two mothers. You got the best of both worlds and getting you to buy it. Okay? Now, they go on to say, depending on the card's placement in relation to other cards, the message is to tap into one's full potential rather than holding back, especially when there's a need to transform something. There, are they trying to transform something here today? Ain't that what the lesbian represent? They say, this card is a signal to act and act now, provided you understand exactly what you want and are committed to getting it. Guidance can arise through one's own intuition or in the form of someone who brings about change or transformation. Communication by writing and speaking 
will allow you to influence others. Reversed, the magician can mean greed, deceit, using one's skill and ability for negative ends, trickery and cunning, manipulation, untrustworthiness, confusion. He may also be a, a, a beneficent guy, but he does not necessarily have one's best interest in mind. He may also represent the queerest ego or self-awareness, it, but he can also represent the intoxication of power, both good and bad. Man, if this ain't reading what's going on with these lesbians today, and you can literally see it in their attitude because they literally walk around with a male ego. Their ego, like the male ego, is overwhelming sometimes. So much so that they're literally uh, flexing on you. And this is what these lesbians are doing in the media. They're so nasty. Their attitudes are so nasty that they are unbearable at times. I cannot understand how anybody can sit and watch this lying dyke on MSNBC named Maddow. The woman literally sit up and lied to our audience for almost three years consecutively. Just like the dude that Trump called pencil neck sister there, Adam Schiff. Well, okay. Just <clears throat> on no end. He got the goods. He got the receipts. He know he's gonna lay it out. And she was doing exactly the same thing. But because they're both Old Testament, she's even worse, if you can believe this, than he is because she's a Rose Scholar. So she, she's openly pushing Cecil Rose's program, which comes through the technocracy, transhumanism, okay, that whole thing. But what they don't understand because they're spiritually deficient, some say spiritually dead, and it's much stronger than them. And the only way that you can get rid of it, of it is through the actions of self. Okay? It's the lesbians who decided to create an alternative universe that they can exist in. Uh throwing away anything that has an origin and recreating it in their own image. That's the entire foundation of the so-called women's movement. Creating their own God construct. And that's why I recoiled when I saw these black lesbians from Black Lives Matter talking about they praying to the ancestors. What ancestors are you praying to? For these people, 
as Malcolm said, oh, are you out of your mind? Let's go here, family. Let's go to the infinity symbol. And this is from ancient-symbols.com. Here's what they say in terms of their look into the history of that infinity symbol. They say originating from the Latin infinitus, which means unboundedness, infinity is the concept of endlessness or limitlessness most widely tracked or tackled in the fields of mathematics and physics. And remember, I told you, family, we are in a metaphysical age, okay? But metaphysics from yesterday is quantum physics today. That's mathematics. And that you can literally find it being incorporated into the computer systems of ones and zeros. And now in quantum computing with the ones and the zeros on top of each other. That metaphysically is symbolic of the Baphomet that is both the male and the female. Okay? I ain't talking about homorphodites. Homorphodites in ancient Kemet were accepted. They were looked upon as almost like in a godlike manner. Because it ain't every day that you're going to run into people that have both sexes. All right? So they weren't frowned upon. They were looked at differently because they are. Okay? That's totally different from what we see out here today with this LGBT insanity because it is predatory, particularly towards children. Now, they say the very first person known to have written about the concept of infinity was Archimedes more than 2,300 years ago. His writings were found buried under some paintings and prayers which were written on top of his and were only discovered recently thanks to a very powerful scanner that uses hair-thin x-rays. Up until the discovery of his work, it was widely accepted that Galileo was the first scientist to bounce around the idea in his head. The person who actually introduced the infinity symbol was John Wallace in 1655. This symbol is sometimes called the Lemniscate. It's a symbol that evolved a little bit from the Etruscan numeral 1000, which looked like two letter C's facing each other with an I in the middle. There's another theory that we actually derive the infinity symbol from omega, the last letter of the Greek alphabet. The Ouroboros symbol which is that of a snake twisted in a horizontal figure eight and biting its own tail, is also said to be a most plausible basis 
for the infinity symbol because it's a fitting depiction of endlessness. Now, metaphysically for me, the Ouroboros represents the past and the present being one and the same. Okay? Your ancestors, that which you derive from, that's your past, is in you today. Only, you're only able to access it through the elevation of the spirit. To me, that's what the Ouroboros represents. Now, we know that today it's having access to the etheric realm. There we go back to the physical or the physics, all right, the quantum physical realm, because that's exactly where these people are attempting to go using quantum computers, okay? Now, that was a very short article, but it leads excellently to this, all right? And all of this is within the context of the metaphysical finality of the black feminine infinity, okay? Uh, the, its origins and profound significance its origins and profound significance. Uh, this is from medium.com, uh, the, symbol, the symbols of infinity. Okay, and here's what they say. Despite its simplicity, this symbol carries a profound and enduring meaning that transcends mathematics and finds resonance in philosophy, spirituality, and even art. Well, of course it does. Religion is philosophy. Is philosophy. Okay? And, of course, it's spirituality and it's art. It's manifested in art. And that will probably give you some understanding as to why these people are heavily involved in the arts. Okay? You control the arts, you can basically manufacture the culture. Let's keep going. They say, the symbol of infinity first emerged as a mathematical concept. In the 17th century, mathematicians like John Wallace began using the symbol to represent a mathematical idea. The concept of an, of an infinity, large quantity, or an unbounded quantity. This concept was revolutionary in the field of mathematics as it allowed for the exploration of limits and the understanding of concepts such as infinity and calculus. And you see, family, when you see scientists writing okay, writing up mathematical formulas, you will note that they use symbols, okay, which is why they, un they said here, concept was revolutionary in the field of mathematics 
as it allowed for the exploration of limits and the understanding of concepts such as infinity in calculus. So you'll find these old symbols being used in mathematics even to this day and definitely in science because ancient chromatic cosmology is a science. It's not a religion. It's a science. Okay? Now, they go on here to say, the symbol itself, resembling a sideways figure eight, is known as the limniscate. The word limniscate is derived from the Latin limniscus, which means ribbon or pendant. The shape of the limniscate resembles an endless loop symbolizing continuity and boundlessness. They say, beyond its mathematical roots, the symbol of infinity has taken on a host of meanings in various cultural contexts. One of the most common interpretations is that of eternal love and connection. The looped design of the symbol suggests a union that has no end, making it a popular choice for wedding rings and other romantic symbols. They say, in closing, the concept of infinity has deep spiritual and philosophical significance. In Eastern philosophies like Buddhism, in Hinduism, the idea of infinity is connected to the concept of the eternal cycle of life, death, and rebirth. There's the Trinity again, family. It manifests itself in a variety of ways, but it always is always connected to the human body. Always, okay? be it from a consciousness perspective or from a physical perspective, life, death, and rebirth. Okay? Now, they, that takes us here. Since we keep talking about the number eight, and I've done very little on the number eight, uh, we kind of went into the number eight just a little bit at the beginning of this session, going back weeks ago. So we're going to shine a little more light on the number eight, and then we're going back to infinity, okay? They say, oh, uh, the title of this article is The Number Eight's Unexpected Numerology Meaning. The Number Eight unexpected numerology meaning. This is from ESO Lounge, E-S-O-L-O-U-N-G-E, esolounge.com. Let me skip ahead here. I don't need all of this. Very interesting. And here's what they say, keeping in mind, family, that the number eight is in my eye and is definitely uh, symbolic of the spiritual energy, of 
feminine, spiritual feminine energy. They say the paramount focus of the number eight should be balance. In the shape of the number eight, you can find two connected circles. Remember, family, those two connect, connected circles that are uh, connected at certain points in the circle can also overlap and become enjoined. And when they become enjoined, there, what then do we see? <clears throat> the two, uh, what do you say, the two what? You talking about the eight? When you take two circles, mm-hmm. the, number, the number eight, the two circles join only at uh, a center point. Oh, that middle of, part, yeah. No, the end of each circle. Mm-hmm. Is con- oh, yeah, that's that little point in the middle. But yeah. if you didn't stop there, and the two circles would then become intersected with each other within each circle. Oh, that flower, that the creation. Is you talking about that? That symbol, that symbol, is renowned in the Christian world, where the two circles intersect each other and create that third piece in the middle that represents the feminine, the masculine, or the man, the woman, and the child. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There's a name for those two connected circles. Tell her, family. Tell her in the chat room. It's all over the liturgy, and that piece Mm -hmm. in the middle, when they intersect each other, is supposed to represent the fish. Now you see it? Um, what what I was this on the page? I haven't got to that page yet. But you, I don't. Well, that's okay, Doctor X, because I I'm trying to download. I mean, uh, put the page in the chat room. I'm looking oh, okay. up what you're saying. Well, I'm 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 depending on the family <clears throat> to tell you what I'm talking about when you got them two circles that intersect with each other and form that piece in the middle. That piece, because we vas- dealt with the... The vascular Pisces or something. Thank you, there. It's That's the vascular Pisces. Yes. Okay. But it's really representing the union between the male and the female that creates the child in the middle. That symbol is renowned in Christian literature, the Visica Pisces, the fish, is symbolic of the hat that the Pope wears on his head that's referred to as the fish. Okay? Uh, but I, I'm digressing there a little bit. I just want to show the various connections between all of these things because they are definitely, uh, no pun intended, connected, okay? So they say, just like the material sphere, 
and the spiritual sphere uh, in the life of an ape, we should be connected and balanced for the individual to find the intercomfort they're looking for. Ape must not get blinded by what's right in front of them. They must instead learn the lesson that power and money are not the end goal. Let me read this again because we get confused with this stuff. The ape must not get blinded by what's right in front of them. That feminine energy must never allow itself to be compromised by stuff. Okay? The spirit must stand strong. The women were the backbone in the black community. I've said this going back decades. When the backbone is no longer operable, what do we call those people, Bear? When somebody spineless. No, that's not what we call them. We refer to them. Go ahead. Refer to them as invalids. Right? Because once your back is out of session, you're an invalid. If the woman is the backbone of the black community, and now that backbone has been broken, the black community basically becomes an invalid. Another way to pronounce that word is invalid. So all throughout my early years coming up, we were always taught that the women were the backbone of the black community. And then Old Testament came in and dangled shiny things in front of them. Gave them what they thought was an education. And as they educated them, they took their children and turned them into little monsters. Okay? But once you understand that part of their goal was to end what they call the nuclear family, then the chaos that ensues from that should have been expected. We saw it. We said that when the 90s roll around, you're going to have eight-year-old killers out here. And that's exactly what happened. Now we got nine and ten-year-olds out here flashing guns in people's faces, carjacking them. We've read the stories right here on this program. Because the we as men allow for our women to be removed from the home and put in an artificial environment where they were uh, 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 being uh, conditioned to think that extra hair and extra nails and extra booty would make them into real women. When what you really have of value, ask them to billionaires that sit up there with all them black women and told them, we don't want no, we don't want to buy no yum yang. We want some of that other stuff you got in you that's the most valuable stuff on the planet and can keep us alive. 
They didn't want no yum yang. But they got her thinking that she's a composite of fake hair, fake nails, and fake booty. And the children have gone amok. You are so valuable, I can't tell you how valuable you are. They go on here to say this. The visionary and successful number eight must not take irresponsible risks or make moves with immoral or corrupt intentions or they are likely backfire. Pure ability will only get them far in life without authenticity and integrity. Now, you can't show me anywhere where a lesbian is an authentic, in fact, she's in art. She's a fake feminine. And therefore, she has no integrity. They say, with such a laser, laser focus, on their own pursuits and recognition, the eight should take care not to become too self-absorbed, opinionated, controlling, or critical. All of those things you can literally see in the behavior of these lesbians. This will alienate the most patient partners and friends. This is especially true with how reluctant eights can be to share and accept love and affection. This is especially true with how reluctant H can be to share and accept. Oh, man, I'm repeating. Oh, they got it written down here twice. But when the H digs deeper into themselves and the irreplaceable value of their relationship, they can enjoy very loving companionship especially with those who share their passions. They say the positive energy of number eight is endlessly productive and giving, but an eight with bad energy can exude arrogance, impatience, anger, hypocrisy, and ego. I can't even say it again. You can see those traits manifesting themselves in the behavior of these LGBT people. Okay? I'll close with this article here on the hidden links between numerology number uh, numerology 8, the tarot, and astrology. They say, let's start with astrology. The number eight is ruled by the planet Saturn, which signifies authority, duty, and discipline. Saturn conjures the structure and elbow grease usually required to chase goals that echo over lifetime. Also in astrology under Saturn, we have the Capricorn sign. Capricorns can have impressive work ethics and drives for success, which they can reach with calculated planning and focus. 
Next is Leo, ruled by the sun. Leos are, of course, synonymous with courage and regal levels of authority. Finally, the Libra, or Venus, introduces that essential balance and harmony that the number eight desperately needs between the physical world and the personal slash spiritual. In tarot, the strength eight, the strength eight is the most directly tied to numerology eight, representing power, resolve, and the resilience to overcome adversity, and oneself. We also uh, 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 we also have the number eight of the minor arcana, which embody work, goals, and worldly abundance. Lastly, the star, 17, exhibits the inspiration and guidance that makes eight such a compelling leader or mentor and shares the wisdom that defines their ultimate path in life. Okay? So now, that's lining up Exactly with, and of course, they have to go into a little bit of tarot there and dealing with the number eight because you're going to run into the limniscate. All right? But this article, and there are always these kind of articles uh, dealing with numbers, numerology, and symbolism, there's always going to be a group of articles that say the 10 best this or the Eight most important that were this one, five secrets of the infinity symbol, which I thought was quite interesting. Okay? And here's what they say. I, I think this is the article. What? Yes. What, uh, wait a minute. Uh, I just want to tell the listeners that we have 11 minutes. Uh, and the, we'll be off the internet, but you can hear the rest of the show on the telephone. And the number is three two three six four two one five eight six. And do send Dr. Robert X uh, a donation. And it, it, the GoFundMe is on the Truth to Power page. Okay. Thank you, Sister Beverly, and thank you, family. Uh, uh, man, I got about six other articles left. I thought I could get through with this stuff. Uh, that's all right. Uh, if we have to come back and do part of the show uh, next week, we yeah, just have we to can do... finish it Tuesday. Yeah, you can finish it Tuesday. Okay, so this is, but I want to close with this because, man, this is okay. This is why I may just have enough time to finish this up and go to the family. This is titled okay. The Five Secrets of the Infinity Symbol. And it's from Magical Recipes Online. All one word. MagicalRecipesOnline.com Strap yourselves in, family. Mm-hmm. No matter what they do, they can't get away from us in total. Okay? They can't right. get away from our history. And nor should we be running away from our history. So anybody that want to give you some 1619 as your history are out of their damn mind. Okay? That's the slave 
that they are trying to re- uh, recreate, like uh, I was talking about yesterday, like the homunculus, okay, or the golem, something they create out of nothing. And that's what they're doing in putting these people in positions of alleged authority to do their bidding. And if they don't do their bidding, as you can see, they're being kicked to the curb. Here's what they say. Maybe one of the most popular and widespread symbols in both science and occult arts, this symbol is plain yet mysteriously beautiful. Moreover, its magical wisdom is hidden because of its tremendous power, which is which is no other uh, by the power. This is not right. I meant to correct this. This is bad English. They they want to say which is none other by the power which which lies in you. So the very beginning of this article is letting the cat out the bag. That magical wisdom, Bill, that you're always talking about, this magic, mm-hmm. is hidden this power. The white boys understand it, and they told them black women, we want some of it. They didn't want no yum-yum. Okay. They want some of that other stuff that's going to keep them alive longer than they're supposed to be here. It's none other than the power which lies in you. They say, where does the infinity symbol come from? It goes without saying that modern encyclopedias do not explain anything about the rich and magical history of this amazing symbol. According to conventional knowledge, the infinity symbol is just a mathematical symbol used in all sciences, physics, even in the HTML coding. Told you. Even in the coding in the computer system. However, and again, that goes to the uh, uh, earlier computer systems predicated on ones and zeros, represented by the male and the female. Put them together, you get the number 10. 10 is the number of the creator. Okay, that's why the numbers repeat once they get to 10. Then you add each preceding number until you get to 100. So you go from 1 to 10. Then you go from 10 to 20, that's 2. Then you go from 20 to 30, that's 3. So 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 goes all the way up to 100 using each number systemically. They say, however, there's plenty of symbolism which if understood, we can change our lives. They say it symbolizes divine power. What very few people discover or remember is that the symbolism of the infinity comes from the great Uraeus symbol of the goddess Wadjet. You see how they end up back in ancient comedic history? They're telling you it's all about science and 
physics and mathematics. Well, that's ancient comedic science. That's the root of all of the science that's practiced today. Okay? Not Archimedes and the Greeks. That's stolen legacy, if you allow it. All right? They just changed the names into other uh, uh, people slash symbols. And now yours is gone, even though it's right there in front of you. It's just got a different label on it. So let me read that again. What very few people discover or remember is that the symbolism of the infinity comes from the great Uraeus, symbols of the goddess Wadjet. The Urei, plural, is commonly known as a symbol of power worn by the pharaohs or gods and goddesses. During, during the coronation of the pharaohs, one was not a king or queen until they were crowned by this divine snake. What this symbolic act represents is that one will never have true power until he or she realizes the divine power within. What is less known is that the same symbol is found in two depictions. Hence, the Uraeus is either Mahat or Iarat. I-A-R-E-T. I was never good at pronouncing these words because they're they're facsimiles. There were no vowels. Okay? I would pronounce Mahat or Mahet. But if you take the vowels out, uh, like Moses, it's actually spelled M-S. Some chemist or magician created M-O-S-E-S, the vowels didn't exist. It's M-S, Mrs. That's Moses, okay? Now, they say, Mahat means the coiled one. And Iret, I-A-R-E-T, means the risen one. Both snakes symbolically assume the infinity symbol position with one exception. Then they're going to give you some absolutely dynamite illustrations under the secrets of the infinity symbol. They say the infinity symbol comes from the Uraeus, the magical cobra of ancient Egypt. What is less known is that the same symbol is found in two depictions. Uraeus is either Mahet, the coiled one, or Iaret, the risen one. Both snakes symbolically assume the infinity symbol position with one exception. The risen Uraeus is the eye of the sun, is awakened. The risen Uraeus is awakened, ready to claim its power and to fight against darkness and oblivion. Hence, 
the symbol of infinity, is a symbol of our endless lessons and in incarnations. And are you ready for this, Bear? Mm-hmm. It calls us to wake up and rise like Uraeus, realizing our divinity and claiming our magic. Now tell me you didn't write that, Bear. <clears throat> What you can now see is that the risen Uraeus is the one who messes with the perfect symbol of the infinity. Furthermore, the risen Uraeus is the eye of the sun, ready to claim its power and defend what needs to be defended. Thus, it is ready to fight against darkness and oblivion. Hence, the Larit Uraeus has risen up and is awakened. They say, now the he- go ahead, Bear. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. They say, Mahet Uraeus, the coil one, is simply Ouroboros. The secret teaching is that we are bound to repeat our incarnations as we stick to this realm. A witch, meaning an awakened one, and again, I'm going to draw the distinction between white witches and black witches, okay? Because if she ain't got the DNA, there are things that she can never conjure up, okay? Now, they say a witch, meaning an awakened one, should realize that this life offers all kinds of experiences which should be received as lessons for the awakening. Once we've been awakened, we can end the circle of infinite incarnations exactly as many ancient religions teach, like Hinduism and Buddhism. They say, as we've already seen, the Ouroboros has been used to symbolize the eternal life and the following incarnations. One, the circle of life, which is uh, birth, death, and rebirth, the material plane, and the karmic circle. Hence, the Ouroboros is not a uh, symbol of evil, as many fanatics proclaim. It merely symbolizes the lessons of this plane, which frankly are sometimes pretty hard. They say, the Watt Jet is also the goddess of the river Nile. Nile in ancient Egypt was not just a river. It symbolized all the blessings and the divine gifts descending from the gods. Moreover, the Nile was a mirror of the Milky Way reflecting the blessings uh, of beyond this earth, beyond this realm. Interestingly, Nile was also linked not only to this realm, not only to space, but also to the afterlife. As certain astrological alignments take place, the gate of the underworld opens or closes. But we'll talk about this in future in a future article. I need to go back as they are describing the Nile River and what it represents, because the Nile River is also 
a replica of the human spine leading up to, okay, because it flows backwards, indicating the spiritual aspect of the Nile River. Because from the human body perspective, when the chemicals in your body flow upward, you become spiritually enlightened, okay? In the Nile River, as it flows upwards, it runs you straight into the Great Pyramid, Giza, the Eye of Haru, the pineal gland. The landscape is laid out in a metaphysical framework representing the human body. Again, we dealt with this stuff back in the archives. But you can, uh, man, I got the books here that basically go into that. Uh, I used to have the uh, YouTube videos, but, man, I've lost so much stuff in other computers that just stopped working and, I lost a lot of that stuff. And there's no way you can go back and pull all that stuff up, okay? Because you, you can't remember it. I, I can't. I'm talking thousands of websites that I've gone to. So let me close with this. And this is, it comes from the last Greek letter, Omega, okay? They say, this is something more scholars agree on. The symbol of infinity is derived from the letter omega, which is the last letter of the original alphabet, the Greek one. See, here they go again. No, the Meduneta was the symbolic representation of an alphabet, okay? Uh, they say, let me remind you here that in Christian iconography, Jesus Christ is symbolically depicted as the alpha, the A, which is the letter I. A and I are the same letter, okay? But they say Jesus Christ is symbolically in Christian iconography depicted as the Andy Omega, which is the beginning and the end of time. However, as God and time is infinite, the letter Omega became the infinity symbol to denote the continuity beyond the end. Okay, I'm suggesting, family, in 2024, that the metaphysical finality of the black feminine infinity is because the black community has become like an invalid. It is spiritually wanting, okay, unlike ever before. You can lose your freedom and become enslaved. But you're really not a slave until your mind is gone. So the people that are manipulating these black women are, in fact, magicians uh, slash police by a rabbit out of hats, okay, wearing all black. And they're using their particular brand of this magic which is a derivative of ancient comedic science to, in fact, 
manipulate all of us. The answer, therefore, is for black women uh, to become much more spiritually inclined and metaphysically in your mind call for the reunification of the God force. And that reunification exists in the body constructs and the spiritual constructs of the black man and the black woman. With that bear, we're going to stop right here, and I'll try and finish up, maybe take not all of the program, the first program next Tuesday, but I still got a couple of important things, uh, the, mas- the, free- the Masonic angle to all of this, because uh, I know people are wondering where does Freemason, uh, Freemasonry fit in this, and the philosophical, uh, some of which were mentioned, but they are philosophers like Plato and these people, uh, the theology and the metaphysics of infinity. So we'll get into that in closing out this session next week. I thought we could finish today, but, man, I thought like Nandy. <laughs> well, this is where, this is, I mean, this is where every what's going on now. This is what's going on. You You hitting it. Yeah, whenever I go to this, Bev, I seem to have, no pun intended, an affinity, <laughs> not infinity. <laughs> I have an, an innate affinity for this stuff. I seem to mesh with it real well for whatever reason. I, I can't quite give you a reason for that, but it just always seems to come out. Uh, and I don't do it or use it all the time because I can mm-hmm. driven to use it because of this point, this particular point in time. I may not deal with this stuff again for the rest of this year. So we can right. turn it over okay. to them. We, we, didn't, we didn't let last night. We took up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's see. 708 
Yeah, they were, the the court jester is like a he's like a clown. Makes people yeah, laugh. He, he's the fool, right? And well, he goes around and he gathers information that he can then use to enrich himself. But in the eyes it, of the whether he's entertaining, he's the fool. The first card, yeah, he's the, the clown. Go ahead. Yeah, he's he's just a, a joke. But yes. What I found interesting, not only in the tarot, but also in a regular deck, as you know, the highest card, you know what game, so we play a lot of with, so the highest card in there is the Joker. That's correct. So not only is he Old Testament, he's also the Joker. Yes. Now go back to that movie, The Joker. Remember that movie right. that came out a couple yeah. years ago? Remember what we said about that movie? Who was the most important character in that movie? Was the black woman. That is correct. Because she was the only one that he would pay attention to, that he gave any exactly. respect for, because she didn't mistreat him. Exactly. And, and the re- and the and the regular playing the regular playing cards were the original tarot cards. Now I didn't know that. I was unaware, but we do know that in that card, the highest card in that deck is the Joker, and we know who the Joker is. You can call him Old Testament, but you could also call him the Joker. I'll let somebody yeah. else on. Yeah, he represents in the tarot the first card and the last card in the major arcana. He's the the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. But he's also, check this out, Brother Mike, orange man. You see? You know what? The book was called The Last President. Represents the beginning and the end. Okay. Anyway, so I just you, wanted to share that, family. All right. Yes, sir. Okay. Thank you, Mike. All right. Excellent time, brother Mike. Hotel and better love. Okay. That's let's why go to eight oh eight oh four nine. That's why. That's why they put the orange man on the. The tarot cards in the Economist magazine, and they use them to get them to do it, the first card. Go ahead, Dan. Wait, okay. Wait a minute. Wait. That was done. Wait, okay. 804 Okay. Okay. They just they just listening. Okay, but what what was you saying, Doctor? No, I just said that I alluded to the Rothschilds. The Economist magazine is owned by the Rothschilds. So Mike mentioned the Rothschilds. Well, that Economist mm-hmm. magazine uh, issue for November 2016 was entitled "Planet Trump," and the mm-hmm. very first card that they used to depict Trump. Uh, where they would, the article was basically dealing with what you could expect under Trump. That very first card was the magician. That was the very first card that they put 
or was it the tower? And remember we pointed out, because I can't even pull the article up. I tried to find the cover to pull it back up because I have to reference these things too. I do so much research that I have to. I put the pictures. I, I had the pictures that was on the magazine. Okay, I put well, you that might in there. It's, it's on our thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Because you might recall that one of the other cards, I think it was it may have been the second one, showed a tower on fire. And that was supposed to be Trump Tower that caught on fire in 2016 during the uh, Illinois primary that he won. Yeah. What happened that day? I forget something else very significant happened that day. It wasn't it a fire or something or somebody broke in? It was something happened. It was a fire that basically Uh that card. But the fire came out in March when the primary was here, or April. I forget exactly which month. But the the uh, that article didn't come out to November. There was also the uh, during the time of Purple Rain and the murder of Prince, the sacrifice of Prince. Mm-hmm. Okay, you remember that took us to Europe after we found out Prince's real name, and we ended up in London Square. London Square, where you have this statue of this white boy whose name is exactly like Prince's. Yeah. I said, man, this stuff is just, maybe I'm just hallucinating. That's all. (laughs) Go ahead, Bev. I ain't going to take up no more time. No, because... uh... Ain't nobody on the phone anyway, so you can go ahead. Well, you know, I'm I'm basically done, babe. I'm after reading as much as I have for two days. Man, I'd be wore out on that third day. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. Absolutely worn out on Thursday. But I'm I can't be too. Uh... I got to go and take care of some stuff tomorrow. So. Mhm what it is okay so okay so um you it was a lot it was it's a lot that you put on the table and uh this is the times that we are in so we definitely appreciate you giving us your time and sharing the research and doing the research and we look forward to uh next saturday um excuse me next tuesday (laughs) <laughs> well, again, shout out to to my brother, uh, and I will even tell you out, out what else they put in my packet. I won't tell the family. Uh, it ain't time to reveal that yet, but uh, it, it's it's life extending energy. Mm. Let me put it, and I'll let the family in on it. Uh, but this is this is for you, my brother. Uh, again, happy birthday, and many, many more. You and your goddess. All right, happy birthday. Okay. Uh, well, I'm looking for some the music here. 
And uh, thank you again, Dr. Robert X. Thank you, Sister Bev, and thank you, family. Hotep and better love. See you next Tuesday. Oh, okay. and we're going to these Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We're going to try to maintain uh, these Tuesdays and Wednesdays for a long, long time. Let's see if we can go the rest of this year without missing another day. That's my goal. Okay. All right. Well, we we appreciate it. We we here. We learning. We awakening. We it's time, and it's like West say, it's a beautiful time to be alive. It's a beautiful time to be alive. Be in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Better love right. everyone. Hotel and better love. Hotel. Give up.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.